Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa Curry-Lowitz, and I'm here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. Welcome. Come on in. Welcome to another episode of Elisa Unfiltered. Today it is Wednesday, December the 23rd. There are two more sleeps until Santa, until Christmas. And I feel like every single time I come on here in front of the mic and speak to you all, I'm like literally beside myself about how quickly time is moving. (laughs) And it's like, where did the time go? Anyways, it's shocking, shocking, shocking. But yeah, so When I was sitting down to do some prep last night about what I wanted to chat about today, I had this moment of clarity where I was reflecting on time and how we as a collective, as a body of people living in the world, as society, focus on cultural standards, which somehow we've all agreed to at one point or another, These are so-called, I don't know, cultural norms, let's just call them. And what I was reflecting on was the voice of diet culture and how it, it creeps in there. And as soon as it does, it becomes the louder voice in our minds. So yes, today's episode is all about the holidays and diet culture and how we navigate our brains and our thoughts and our feelings and emotions around the holidays. Now, this happens, it's it's super subtle, but very clear around every season and especially the holidays. Like it happens through the seasons and specifically through every single holiday. Example, I'm gonna get right into this today. If you haven't noticed, today is a solo episode. <laughs> I want to get right into this, the meat of, of diet culture and what I'm talking about. So let's go back a hundred years ago, a hundred years ago. We're going to go back to 1920 COVID aside, obviously, what do you think family Christmas traditions were in 1920? How do you think people all over the world? Okay. Let's rephrase that to holiday traditions because yes, December holds many different holidays for many different cultures and beliefs. Hi, hi everyone joining me on Instagram live. Hi. Um, How do people, how did people in the year 1920 spend their December? Okay. Now, depending on which country you're from and what cultural traditions your family holds, you would most likely be preparing food, coming together, singing, dancing, eating, drinking, resting, being together, maybe presents or gifts were involved, maybe decorating the tree or the house or putting up lights. You see, we all have our traditions. They all look a little bit different, but there was probably in 1920, something along those lines. So coming back to the present day, I mean, for me, my Polish family, we celebrated Christmas Eve. So our Christmas gatherings was on Christmas Eve and we would eat all of the Polish traditional Christmas foods like borscht 
and ushki and pierogies and guwumpkis, and you don't need to know what all of those things are, but I'm just painting the picture, you get the point. We would get together and we would eat and sing and dance, and it was awesome. Now, obviously this year due to COVID, the holiday season will look 100% different for a lot of families. Not everyone, but a lot of families are doing things different this year. That's not my point. My point is that now in the year 2020, in addition to our customs and traditions and holiday fun, we have also we also have the voice of diet culture suggesting that if we overeat or eat too much junk or not work out enough that we will get fat <laughs> seriously like that's that's the voice we're we're going to get fat we're going to get unhealthy we are going to be weak okay we're going to be unhealthy people over the holidays right does anyone have any questions about that? What are you thinking about that? So let's dive into this a little bit deeper because I know there are people feeling the cognitive dissonance within them, the clash of deep rooted belief systems within themselves. And it's creating a large amount of discomfort and a, a very, it's very difficult to, to sit with this discomfort. Example, and I'm just gonna make something up right now. Um, or maybe I'll parallel it with my life. Okay, so I am a woman who believes that she's 15 pounds overweight. Uh, I dabble with diets every now and then, and COVID has hit me hard. Some days I feel ashamed of my body. Some days, uh, especially the days I'm eating quote unquote good food, I feel empowered and strong and, and happy in my body. Okay, so the holidays are coming and I really, really, really want to eat the pierogies. But the pierogies have gluten in them. There's potato and butter and oil and cheese and carbs. <laughs> okay, I also want to eat the Christmas baking. I love the cookies and the tarts and the traditional baking customs we have made since we were kids. And, but there's so much sugar in that and carbs and too many calories. The calories are insane in all of those. Whatever the demonized thing is about what you eat over the holidays, that thought is highly likely to cross your mind, all right? So where the discomfort from cognitive dissonance comes from is the belief that the holidays means pierogies, cookies, and customs, like I learned growing up, but also from the belief that pierogies, cookies, and customs are unhealthy in some way, and that they will make me fat or weak or less than if I eat them. Who else has felt this way at any time during this holiday? Like all of a sudden, there are two ways, right? So let's go back to the 1920. This was actually right around the time of the birth of diet culture. So what is diet culture? Now, I've spoken about this subject many times on the podcast before, more, most specifically with two of my favorite diet culture accounts on Instagram. One is 
uh, at the Body Love Society, and the other is Bonnie Rooney, who is the Diet Culture Rebel. And what I've learned from them and from my world of non-judgmental observations is that diet culture is a system of beliefs that prioritizes personal weight over well-being. Okay, so for those of you who don't believe in diet culture or that it has an effect on you in any way, think about how many times you've made decisions in your life based on this principle, on prioritizing your weight over your well-being. Okay, sit with that one for a second. So diet culture is is a thing and it's affected us all, whether we know it or not. And is it a bad thing? Not necessarily. I'm just saying it's a thing. I'm not judging it. I'm just saying for me personally, it has affected my well-being overall. And I want to go back to the beginning. So it actually began around 1920. It was in the early 1900s. So uh, and how it began was there was this overweight businessman who made dieting a pop culture phenomena with his chewing diet okay there wasn't really diets before the 19 early 1900s and he recommended that chewing your food until it became liquid to would prevent overeating okay so chew your food and people went crazy over it People went crazy over this. So fast forward 100 years and diet culture is now a business. Think about that. It started with chewing your food more. All right. It's subtle. And now it's evolved into a living, breathing, deep seated wound that lives in us as shame. Okay, for our choices and the choices we make around food and our behaviors overall, and what's healthy, okay? So there are companies out there who make money off convincing you that dieting and what you eat is a representation of your worth as a human being, all right? What you eat represents your worth, and they make money off of you. It is a living, breathing system that we're all submersed in. Our heads are under the water here. And I'm bringing all of this up because tis the season for a bonkers amount of shaming Christmas traditions. And as a recovering diet culture, chronic dieter, because that's where I'm coming from, I'm also coming from the place of a high performance athlete and a woman who has lived and breathed in a high performance sports athlete mindset community and I don't even want I don't have time to go into all the twisted details that happens in high performance sport and what they tell you about your body and how to eat to win eating to win like can you imagine the rules around that and the structure that you live in the mindset fucks that you get (laughs) sorry I just wore I'm getting into it I'm getting intense Um, and, and also I'm coming from a place of who's finally has the capacity to see how disordered my eating has been and how much power I have given my weight over my well-being. So I can personally relate to the struggle and the difficulty, the discomfort and the shame we feel and we hide 
during this time of year. We're hiding that shame. We hold it, we think it, we feel it, but we pretend that we've got our shit together and that we're okay, <laughs> right? But really we're like punishing ourselves for just experiencing Christmas tradition. So I wanna talk about that because the holidays are now and it, it won't even take you two minutes of scrolling on social media, scrolling through to see one, either one of two polarized views or both, okay? You're gonna see both and people are trying to like balance the scale on what they're seeing on social media and the messaging and what you should do. So I wanna talk about that. Now, whether you are an athlete or a dietitian or a nutritionist or a social media influencer or celebrities even, because celebrities are in on it and whatever, whatever your profession is, whatever your title is, there are thousands of people right now telling you one of two ways to spend the holidays, okay? There's two big ones and I'm gonna go over them. View number one. View number one, and this is the diet culture view. So you'll hear things like be good, uh, substitute your grains with cauliflower rice, mash up a sweet potato or cauliflower instead of your regular potatoes. Here are five ways to make a low carb stuffing. Substitute your chocolates with these keto treats. Uh, three fun ways to earn your food this holiday season. Get it? There, it's disguised in so many ways. Um, don't forget to work out. Here are three foods to avoid during the holidays. How to prepare for your holiday binge. And then it moves even into, I'm seeing a lot of new year, new you stuff, right? So uh, buy this workout program, start January 1st, sign up for my course. It's gonna transform your life. Um, eat, You. it's people telling you how to be healthier, how to make Christmas healthier from whatever their point of view is, from whatever they're trying to sell you, whether it's a recipe or a recipe book or um, all the way to like a fitness program or a, a complete diet program, that's view number one, all right? Who has seen this? Who has felt this? Who has experienced this in the last month? I know I personally have. I see it all over the place. And am I saying it's bad? No, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that this is one of two views, right? That's really affecting us in subtle ways. Some it's not so subtle, right? Or um, the other thing is who has even, who has, if you haven't seen it yet this holiday season, who has experienced diet culture views on social media? Because diet culture has a very structured, tailored approach to each holiday, okay? Each holiday. So let's move on to view number two. So this is the second view that I'm seeing all over the place. And this view, in my opinion, is actually still diet culture. However, it's a sneaky, health-based, science-based, less focus on the physical and more focused on the emotional and mental side of healthy living, okay? But it's still sneaky diet culture views that I see coming, and this comes from more like fitness professionals who are trying to like hook you into their programs or nutritionists because 
when it comes from a pro, it must be true. So this is what a lot of people are saying on the other side. So it's like, you can have your cake and eat it too. Uh, enjoy the holidays. It's okay to eat the cookies, eat the cookies, eat the potatoes, eat the stuffing, have all the treats. All right. So these people are telling you that it's okay to eat a certain way. And they're almost giving you permission to live your life. Are you feeling this? Who's with me? Um, so they'll speak about how they celebrate the holidays and what they do and what they allow, etc. But, and there's always a but, there's always a but, they will give you one tip. All right, one tip. There's always a tip. And this is that diet culture thing. So they're saying, yes, live your life, but then do this. So, because how can it possibly just be okay to eat the cake and eat the stuffing and sit around on your ass for a week? How, okay, so how can that be okay? So the tip's gonna sound something like this. Eat whatever you want, but make sure you get outside every day. Find time to move and exercise, okay? Make sure you eat X amount of fiber in addition to all those treats. Drink X amount of ounces of water. Uh, eat everything in moderation. That one's a big one, everything in moderation. I hear, like people say that all the time. It's like a conditioned response. Yeah, you can eat the cake, everything in moderation. Yeah, okay, have a cold shower. I actually heard someone say, eat whatever you want, but connect to your body every morning with a cold bath. Like, okay, literally, I heard someone say yesterday um, on Instagram to eat whatever you want and have food freedom. And she talked all about food freedom. It was very interesting. I was like totally hooked in. I'm like, oh, I like food freedom stuff. And then <laughs> she said to track your food so that you can burn it off come New Year's. So it was this whole thing on food freedom in preparation for January 1st. And I was like, Dish, uh, ah, oh my God. Okay, so that is so confusing. How confusing are those two views? Like view is eat whatever you want, but there's a cost and there's a price and eat whatever you like over the holidays, but you need to balance it out somehow, some way, right? So you're always like, what's the way? Let me buy that or do that. There's always, let me like you more because you're telling me that I can have permission to eat whatever I want, but also how to feel less guilty about that, all right? So who's seen that before, felt that, believed in that? Now, I'm not here today to shame you for believing in any of this. However, chances are that you are listening to me right now because you're sick and tired of that dance and you know that there's another way and your instincts are telling you one thing, but like then your belief systems are being pulled into a different direction. And you don't wanna be stressed out and shamed anymore and you want to enjoy your life and not be tied down to some sort of plan and have to live in that box. So you might be scared too of, like on the other side, you might be scared of getting fat or gaining weight over the holidays. And 
and and you're stuck between like like the dieting and that non-dieting and you don't know how to navigate right so now i want to give you if i if i might offer you a piece of advice i would love to give you sort of a third perspective and I also want to preface this by saying that no, I'm not a nutritionist or a dietitian or a doctor and I don't study the body and I haven't done scientific tests and exams. I'm a mindset professional. All right. I'm a mindset coach and I specialize in sorting out the noise that happens behind the curtain, behind that veil in your brain and help you to connect to what feels right for you so that you can live your life, you can connect to your own truth and not be pulled into a box that was not made for you, AKA diet culture beliefs, okay? That are no longer working for you anymore. Maybe they are, maybe they are working for you and you don't need to hear this, but when they're not and you feel mental, emotional and physical stress in your body because of things that people told you to do or you feel confusion or stress, then then maybe think about this what i'm going to tell you now i i i i want to give you advice from a third perspective and i also want to preface this advice with some context around my opinion of health because that is also important i believe i believe that health looks different on every body it feels different in every body right and that health is not about being perfect. It's about taking massive imperfect action. It's about adapting and holding respect, kindness, and compassion in all areas of our lives. All right? Now, your weight is not a measurement of your health. I firmly believe that. Nor is your dress size or your BMI, which is your body mass index. Okay? I'm not going to get into what that means. You can Google it. BMI. Yes, I believe that eating whole foods is healthy. Yes, I believe that our bodies need to move and exercise, all right? Our hearts need to work, baby. And yes, I believe that getting fresh air and eating fiber and drinking more water are all ways to be healthy and bring respect and kindness into my life. That's my definition of health, okay? You know when, you don't need to change that. If you feel unhealthy, chances are you need to take a closer look. If you feel balanced and healthy all around, then you're probably checking out and not listening to me, right? <laughs> so yes, I do believe that eating certain foods might make me feel like shit or give me a physical reaction. This happens, all right? Or it might make me tired or feel, not feel good, not feel great in my body. Here's a personal example, dairy and gluten and alcohol make me feel unwell, especially if I eat it or drink it in excess. I get so long over when I drink alcohol, but do I still eat gluten and dairy from time to time? Yes. Do I drink from time to time? Yes. Why? Why would I eat something when I know it makes me feel like shit? Here's the thing, because I enjoy it. I enjoy eating it, okay? Period. It's that simple. And I don't eat the pierogies and then run an extra three kilometers to burn them off. I just eat them, okay? I don't feel guilty. I don't navigate 
the terms or negotiate the terms before I do something or after I do something. I don't tell people what I eat all the time. I don't try to control others in their choices, all right? Um, and that, and this is how I do that. This third perspective is how I do that. I pay attention. I observe myself. And this includes the physical body and how I feel when I live my life. This includes not only food, but also my sleeps. Yes, I pay attention when I work out, but also when I'm working and when I'm relaxing. And let me just be clear, I'm not analyzing my every move. This isn't like a constant thing. I'm not like constantly analyzing every single thing I do. What I do, it's more like checking in. I check in every now and then. I observe the conversations I have in my head around food. I check in. Um, the conversations that are uh, coming from my belief systems and when what I'm attracted to, what I feel like doing, what I agree with, who I agree with, who I disagree with, these types of things. I just check in and be like, oh, oh, that was interesting. <laughs> I observe my reactions to things in participating in my life. I observe my emotional states when I'm around certain people, when I eat certain things, and when I sit around all day, like how do I feel after that? I have little check-ins, all right? So during all of this pay paying attention, I'm also, and this is a key thing, not judging myself. I'm not shaming myself. I'm watching my conditioning from afar. I'm watching how diet culture and fitness culture has domesticated me over time and how I respond to this. So you see, okay, let's just quickly dabble into this domestication because when we're looking at dog training, let's let's look at domesticating a dog. When we look at dog training, we see it as very black and white. A domesticated animal is very clearly labeled. We know immediately whether this is a good boy or a bad boy. Or we know if, it, if the dog comes from a loving family or a violent one, right? You can see it in the dog. We know if a domesticated um, animal comes from a, from, it has been domesticated with discipline or if there's loose rules, right? Just based off the behavior of the dog, we know a lot about how it was domesticated. We know if the dog is, compliant or not, right? Like how many times have you walked into someone's house who has a dog and thought, this dog is amazing or this dog is shitty. I could never live with this dog. And then you judge the owner, all right? <laughs> it's true. Like I bet every single person has done that at one time or another in their lives. Okay, so we as human beings have been domesticated in the exact same way as a dog. However, this process is not black and white in our brains. We like, because we have learned our ways from so many different areas of life, from our caretakers, from our teachers, neighbors, culture, media, social media, all of that stuff. And we think in the process of that, we think that our beliefs come from us, that we own those beliefs. 
that we have decided that what we think comes from us, that we are what we believe, okay? But we're just like a dog and we have been conditioned and our conditioning holds a lot of rules and a lot of shame. And when we're able to lift that veil and see this and know we don't want to live this way anymore and that we have been programmed, for lack of a better word, and that we don't fit in that box anymore and we don't want to live with that training anymore, then it's fucking hard to break. It's fucking hard. That is where a lot of struggle lies, right? Like how, how can we live our truth inside of us when we've been programmed to live, think, behave, and be a certain way and follow these rules and, and whatever the rules are. So this is the space I want to hold this holiday season. All right, let's get to the point. I want to offer the solution to pay attention to what you are conditioned to do, how you are conditioned to react and feel, whether it's eat and feel guilty, whether it's earn your food, make your New Year's resolution to go on a diet. None of that stuff is bad. It's just what you know to be true and what you think is going to benefit you in the long run. Watch that. Watch that. How many times have you done this? Have you played this dance? And how often does it benefit you in the long run? Probably not. It all just mushes in and it's all the same. Like every year you put yourself through the same cycle and it doesn't change. So pay attention to that. That is what I mean. Like observing your beliefs and your reactions will help you to get a better understanding of how you have been conditioned. Get it? So it might look like, okay, let's just say you take another cheese ball, pop it in your mouth, and you hear your voice saying, don't eat that, or you need to work out later if you eat that, or something along those lines. Pay attention to that, observe that. It might look like observing your plan and or the negotiator that's in your brain. It might look like watching yourself completely give up all the rules and say fuck it and binge all week long and do super unhealthy things, quote unquote unhealthy things all week long. Whatever it looks like, observe that. That's what I'm telling you. Pay attention to that. Journal, journal that. Write down what your thoughts are, write down what you believe, write down how you feel. And it doesn't have to be like I'm, this is how I began my awareness practice was writing down my thoughts and my beliefs. And it doesn't have to be like this crazy long journal. I'm not a journaler. I would literally write three things, just point them out. And then I would pay attention to how often I would say those things and and how often they came up and how often that you fat pig came up and don't eat that. You're so unhealthy, you're disgusting. Eating that is going to make you fat. You're gaining weight. Stop eating that. You're going to be fat if you eat that. Okay, how many times does that come up? For me, hundreds, 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 all the time, all day. And I did not even realize that that is what came up until I started to pay attention to it. So whatever it looks like, observe that. Pay attention to it. 
pay attention. What replays over and over in your mind? And then when it's all over, because it's time moves so fast, the holidays are going to be over like that. You can look back on the thoughts from and what you were thinking during the holidays and you can read them outside of the veil of the holidays and see if those thoughts were really, really serving your mental and emotional well-being. All right. This is how you can begin to rewrite the story. If you were okay with the way you treated yourself over the holidays and what you put up with and how you behaved and what you agreed to do, what behaviors you agreed with, then great, perfect, no harm done. But if you were not okay with that and you didn't connect to those disciplinary thoughts in your brain and those shameful thoughts in your brain, if you did not, if those don't resonate with you anymore, then, and, and, and you had feelings and emotions that came up for you that you weren't okay with, then this is an excellent, and I mean very, very healthy first step towards accepting who you are. All right, so being able to observe your thoughts and think, okay, that was mean. Okay, that is not what I actually believe. Why does it keep coming up? This is beneath all the layers. This is very, very healthy. And then having the capacity to observe that and decide for yourself if you want to shift your mindset and begin to heal and build a foundation of a new belief system. All right, so this third way in short is to live your life and pay attention to it from the space of the non-judgmental observer. You do not need to judge yourself. Example, if you're shaming yourself and saying I'm fat, I'm fat, you can't say you're an idiot for thinking that. Don't judge the thought. Just think it, write it down. Don't judge the thought. It's coming from your domestication coming in. That thought is not who you are, but that's what you're connecting to. Does that make sense? Do you hear me on that? So this, so live your life and pay attention to where your thoughts go and how they affect your decisions and your well-being. Become the non-judgmental observer of yourself this holiday season. Let it be. Let Whatever happens, happens. Whatever your plan is and your conditioning, let it be. Watch it. Pay attention. Cool? Are you in? (laughs) Are you ready to experience the holidays from a place of awareness? From that non-judgmental space of awareness? Yes. (laughs) Okay, so that's all for today. That's all I want to dabble on today. I want to thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Alisa Unfiltered. If you haven't done so yet, please head over to Apple Podcasts or Google Play and subscribe, rate, and leave a written review. Follow the show on Spotify and share on your social media. Don't forget to tag me at at Alisa Curry Thank you all so much for listening. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time.